Hey friends, this is Allison and Becky, and you're listening to Two American Bees in a Mexican Podcast. Woohoo! Hey everyone, so I know we say this every week, but once again, Allison and I are so excited about today's episode. Yes, um, we are. Today we have sweet Martha with us in the studio, and if you don't know Allison and Martha... Um, let me just give you a little bit of a background about their friendship. They, I mean, they're going to tell us more, I think, but they have been friends kind of forever since Allison, Martha was in Mexico first, and then since Allison set foot in Mexico, they've been friends. And their friendship is just the sweetest. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the best example I can give you is like David and Jonathan, maybe, that kind of just loving yeah it's just really sweet it's such a sweet such a sweet friendship and um anyway so we get to talk to them today and kind of get to hear a little bit more about about that relationship and kind of what that's been like throughout the years so here we go hi Martha thanks for being with us today thank you and like we said, we're going to talk about Allison and Martha's friendship. Um, so, but first, I want to hear some stories. I think that both of you have maybe a story to tell about the other person. Um, so, I don't know, Allison, you want to tell yours first? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, Martha and I have been friends, like Becky said, since, well, 28 and a half years ago, we became friends. But... Um, So there's a million stories, you know, a million. But I'm going to start with one from way early on in our friendship when I was learning so much from Martha. And Martha is just, uh, I'm trying to try not to look at her while I say this. Martha is just one of those people that's just so different and special from anyone else you know wouldn't you say that yeah I think that that is a correct thing to say yeah and so and she just is calm or beautiful about things that make other people tense up I don't even know how to explain it someday when you meet her you will know what I mean but um I had always been in relationships with friends where we had to be real careful to do the right thing with each other because we didn't want to offend one another. And when I moved to Mexico and I had my two little kids and I got there and I saw that this other family, Martha's family, had these two, her two little kids who were the same age, I thought, right away I thought we're gonna have to be careful about our friendship and how it pertains to our children and you know we had little things back and forth but Martha always handled them amazingly and one day one of my children who (laughs) shall remain nameless did something physical and painful to one of her (laughs) children who shall remain nameless and you guys lived like right next door right I mean so your kids were together most of the time probably yeah we lived right across the fence from one another 
Well, actually, in those days, there was no fence between oh, us. Remember, right. the fence came later. So, you know, if our children were outside of the house, they were in each other's faces. Mm. So, yes, definitely. So anyway, one of my children did something to one of her children. I didn't know it had happened. Then I walked outside and I saw her child and the marks from said incident were on her child. And I looked at Martha and I said, what happened? And she said, she told me what happened. And I just said, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I don't know what, I don't even know what to say or what to do. And I was thinking in my mind, our friendship is over mm-hmm. and, you know, they will, you know, have really strict rules about how much our children can be together and a whole bunch of other stuff. And she looked at me and she said, I've already forgiven you. That's so sweet. <laughs> I know, and it just was like out of nowhere. She just yeah. said, "I've already forgiven you, and it's okay." And we, and I think I'm pretty sure we were eating a picnic that she had made for our two families, our little families, and we just went on with our picnic, and everything was fine. But it it marked my life, you know, like it marked my life that before I even asked for forgiveness, it was already given, and we weren't going to let that break us up or whatever. So. Um, yeah, that is Martha. I feel like that's a really good look at your friendship too. I mean, from, you know, from the outside looking in kind of closely that I think that's a, gives you a good feel for what your friendship is like. Okay, Martha, your turn. Okay. Well, I have a really fun story and this will tell you a lot about my Allison. Um, It was a really busy time in ministry, and I was a young mother. We were both young mothers, but during that particular time, I was exhausted and overwhelmed, and Allison knew it. One day I had been out, and I think I had been out from morning till night, and I came home, and my laundry had all been washed, dried, and folded, and was sitting in my living room. My initial reaction was, I was so confused. I was like, Mm. did Pablo wash my laundry? (laughs) No, that's not possible. (laughs) And um, anyway, he, I asked him about it. He didn't know anything. So I talked to Allison and she told me that she had done it for me as a gift. And I asked, how in the world did you get in and find all my laundry and do all that? And she told me that she had taken the screen off my window (laughs) in my kitchen and crawled through the window over my sink and then gone through my dirty house and gathered up all my laundry and set off to surprise me. So I started shrieking and (laughs) said, who does that? And from, I mean, that is just the deepest show of friendship. I mean, she climbed over my sink and then she loved me (laughs) didn't do the dishes though (laughs) (laughs) she loved me enough to do all my laundry for me so anyway I still get overwhelmed just with thankfulness when I think about it I know if that isn't friendship I don't know what is (laughs) (laughs) she reminded me of this a couple years ago and I didn't even remember it and I was like I didn't do that and she was like yes you did and then she told me about the climbing through the window and I went oh yeah I remember that part (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh-huh. Well, you maybe have started to answer this question just from the stories that you've told, but I would like to hear what are the qualities that you found in your friend um, that mean the most to you? So, Martha, what are the quali- qualities in Allison? And Allison, what are the qualities in Martha that, that you appreciate the most about that person? I think the quality that I most appreciate is that she is authentic and honest she is a person of integrity and she's willing to get into the messiness of life with you um we walk together she doesn't just hear about my life as an outsider but we're together in it and so as we grow and learn together i just i see that willingness and it just means the most okay allison (laughs) Well, I kind of feel like I would say the same things about Martha. So maybe part of the reason why our friendship works is we value the same things. We want to be that for each other or whatever. But um, Martha is one of the most honest people I know. And I'm I think I'm pretty honest, but Martha's been way more honest than I have been in life. And I think. I've learned how to be more honest, especially emotionally honest, telling people how I feel or what makes me angry or happy or whatever. I've been able to do that so much more because Martha um, demonstrates it. I know I'm I'm kind of harping on uh, forgiveness right now, but another lesson that I learned was we went up um, to the States one time in two separate cars, our family and their family. And um, Martha and Pablo were running late. I'm sure they were doing a ton of ministry trying to get it tied together before they ran to their car to go. But they ran late and we were late and I was kind of mad about it. And we stopped along the way and had to change clothes in a bathroom because we were running so late. And I was just trying to get over it and Martha just said to me, I don't know if you noticed that I was mad or you just assumed that it would be something that made me mad. But she just said, she just looked at me and she said, I'm so sorry we were late. And I would really appreciate it so much if you would just forgive us. And I just thought, I mean, who does that? Who says that? And I thought, Okay, yeah, of course. I don't remember if that came before or after the other incident, but you can you can tell by that that Martha is just a person who's honest and and willing to, like she said, go into the messy parts of life and just um, be honest about them. And so um, I did, of course, I did forgive her because that would just be terrible if I didn't. And it was fine after that. It was like a non-issue after that. And Martha's just taught me so many things like that. I have to add in here. I don't know if we're going to get to it in another part. So I'm just going to add in here. When I moved to Mexico, I really knew nothing about Mexico. And I met this person who displayed so many characteristics that I loved and was open and honest with me about her own life. And then on top of it, she had lived in Mexico. How long had you lived in Mexico by the time I came? You came in 93. Mm-hmm. Um, since 85, I had lived there full time. 
So what was that, eight eight, years? Yeah. Yeah. So she had been in Mexico for eight years, and she was married to a Mexican man, and so she was married to this new culture. And I just had so many questions all the time. And I think for definitely the first year and a half, maybe two years, Martha wasn't just my friend. She was like my mentor. And she taught me so many things about the Mexican culture. But she also taught me how to not be judgmental and think that certain things were wrong but to understand that it made sense in in this culture and that if if we didn't share all the same qualities between cultures there were th- qualities about the Mexican culture to be admired so much that we should never assume that the American was a superior culture and I learned all of that just by watching and listening to Martha. And I, you know, I don't want to think that that's the reason why I wanted to be her friend, but I know that she just spoke a whole bunch into me at a time when I really, really needed it. So that's part of it. That's huge. That's huge to have a person to kind of hold your hand and walk through those first years in a new culture with you which hell I don't know that helps me see um the strong foundation I guess that was laid for your friendship that's really sweet um all right what did the friendship do for you has it made your life better has it made your life harder (laughs) what has your friendship how has your friendship changed you I guess um well, obviously, we probably wouldn't be talking about this if Allison's friendship hadn't made me a better person. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> she has brought um, po- positive change to my life. Um, our friendship is something that defines me. And I think what is such a great thing for me is that she has the ability to speak what I think. I can just lay it all out, my plans, dreams, feelings, thoughts, everything. And lots of times what comes out of my mouth is a big jumble. And then she takes it and she articulates it and she organizes it. <laughs> and then she expresses it back to my to me. And I'm able to understand myself in a way that when I was saying it, I didn't I couldn't connect it all together. And so, um, that that is a really really important thing to me sometimes I even say okay now repeat that again tell me what I'm thinking and I'll write it down I I actually take notes either on my phone or with or on paper so I can look back and say okay in the midst of all the emotion this is what I think I said it and Allison articulated it for me so I just love that that really it clarifies who I am just because of the bouncing off of ideas and, and dreams and things. So, well, You want to say something, Becky? No, go for it. Um, I, I mean, obviously, like Martha said, I, we wouldn't be here if we didn't think the other person was super great. Um, but, and I think I shared a little bit in my last story about how it's made me a better person but 
I want to just go back again to the fact that Martha is totally honest. And right in the very beginning, I think even before we were sure we were going to be friends, um, she she shared some things with me, some very vulnerable things with me about her life and let me into her heart. And because of that, I have always felt like she's a safe place. And I have, I mean, Martha, if Martha and I were ever not to be friends, it could be a dangerous thing <laughs> because Martha knows so much more about me than most people do. And, um, and I just know that she knows it and she, there are behaviors that I have displayed over time that she has not liked and in her very sweet and kind way she's helped me see the error of my behaviors but I have never ever felt like I'm not loved or that I'm rejected because of anything and part of it is because she's shared her things with me too so I automatically know she's a safe place but then on top of it you know, she's never, ever, ever even hinted at hurting me with anything I've ever told her. And so, <clears throat> I don't know, there's something that happens when you have that kind of a friendship. Like, you become, you're validated so well by another person that you become a little bit braver and a little bit more secure in who you are or something. I would say that about Martha. Gosh, it's it's so neat to hear you guys talk about each other. I mean, I know it, it's been said a million times that we're we're created to be relational people where God created us to be in relationship. And I think um, your relationship is just a really sweet picture of, I think, what God intended friendships to look like, to be uplifting and and you can be vulnerable to each other and be honest with each other, but not afraid that you're going to do something that's going to make the person mad to the point where they're not going to be your friend anymore. And it's it's just really sweet to listen to you talk about your friendship. So give us a little bit of a glimpse of what happens when the two of you get together. Like, what do you do? I mean, do you have, do you schedule time? Is it just kind of when it works out? Like, what do you, what do, you do when you get together? I think we should start way from the beginning. I think so, too. So <laughs> you tell the beginning. How do you? Well, I think... We both realized that we needed a life outside of ministry, and we lived at the same place together. Our kids went to the same schools. We did go to different churches, but we saw each other. You know, we, we shared a wall um, during part of our, you know, we lived in a duplex, and we shared a wall. We knew everything. We were in each other's faces, and so that was ministry and that was raising kids but we needed something that was just an outlet that was just friendship that had nothing to do with either one of those things and so at first we decided um to go to mcdonald's wait before that okay the very first year the very first year, it like rained all the time and we were so stuck at Agua Viva. And so we would, every time there was a dry sky, we would strap the little ones oh, yeah. on our 
in our backpacks and they were you know six months old or so and the big ones were three years old and we'd hike up to the little store that's you know about a half a mile from Agua yeah, Viva yeah. and hike back and get all the energy out of those little kids and talk and talk and talk mm-hmm. those were the year that was the year or year or two or whatever that you like mentored me I remember those walks just being all about okay this I came across this thing in the culture this week what do I do with it and you would help me yeah those walks are forever so special oh yeah Yeah. okay so then okay so (laughs) then um the kids some of them well okay they started preschool and and then we still had babies too um but we once the kids were old enough um we started going to McDonald's and McDonald's down here um, had the play area, but it didn't have any salads or anything. And so we would buy salads from this healthy store and then we would meet at (laughs) McDonald's and just set the kids loose. And um, the little ones were in high chairs still, but we would talk and talk and talk in between correcting and all the different things we had to do. So then, um, my older son um got really tall really fast so like when he was still thinking that he wanted to run around all the little mcdonald toys Mm -hmm. he was beyond uh the height limit and so then we moved on to a taco stand that had play equipment in the back (laughs) and um then once all four of the kids were in school at the same time then we started dropping our kids off to school and going out for a mommy date just the two of us and free of children and it just became our ritual once a week every every week we would go to breakfast and over the years there's been times when we didn't have very much money so then it it moved from going to breakfast to just going to tea I drink coffee, by the way. She (laughs) drinks tea. But we would go to tea slash coffee. And um, there's been times when it's been through Zoom when we haven't been together. Um, There's been times when um, she's gone to my house or I've come to her house. Um, So just, but it is intentional and it is every week. The only time when it's not is like when we take trips to Cuba and we don't have any internet connection. That's the only time that we don't see each other. And then we kind of, when when somebody's away and can't get together, we kind of die during that yes. period of time. It's it's amazing how much therapy we've been able to do without having each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I would say, too, I would just add to all that, that Martha's really good about initiating and establishing something I'm way more of a yeah we need to get together we should get together but then when do we ever really get together you know um and and then the beginning that was kind of funny to me that Martha was really strict about let's set a date let's do that this day let's always do it this day and then when I fell into line I became a lover of it because then you don't, you know, you don't miss, you don't miss. And we like, we can go, we have a date once a week. I'm not kidding. On the eighth day when we haven't seen each other on the weeks when we haven't seen each other, we notice at the eighth day, it's like our internal clocks say 
you know, every seven days we're going to go and we're going to talk about everything in life and get everything placed in its proper point. <laughs> and then on the eighth day, we just cannot carry it anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say that um, sometimes we laugh and say things like, okay, it's been more than a week. I need my alley fix. <laughs> or you say, I need my Martha fix. And it's, it's the truth. It's it like is. that internal clock. So anyway, you know, we, we kind of shared the, the how we have made it work. But um, that when we're together, the things that we do are um, we talk, we laugh, we cry, we share sometimes about just the little daily things and it's a no big deal or what book are you reading right now or what movie have you seen that you can recommend. Um, but then sometimes, you know, when we have a new opportunity, we share, hey, I'm going to teach or I'm going to preach um, at this conference or whatever. And so then we share what we're learning while we're studying for that and we pray for each other. Um, we talk about our kids and how they're so, they've turned into so, such wonderful adult kids. Um, we pray for each other's kids. Um, we share our problems, thoughts, feelings, triumphs. Um, and like Allison said, I, I come away from our weekly time and I just feel more centered and like I can face what's coming. So sometimes it's really hard moments in life and sometimes it's just really dull, normal, you know, everything. So, but that's what's sweet about the friendship is that we're there for each other in both of those times. I think almost this is gives a window into it too because I think almost every time we're together one of us will say oh I think I talked too much today I didn't let you talk at all and the other person will always say no you didn't <laughs> I feel like I talked too much and 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 I think that's funny just that we c both come away with that feeling like mm -hmm. This was so good for me. I, it, you certainly must have been a sacrifice for you, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. All right. So now we want to kind of go the other direction a little bit and tell us about some rough patches. Have you had it? I mean, have you had any rough patches in your friendship? Has there, has there ever been a time that it's been a little harder on your friendship? Absolutely not. Everything's <laughs> been perfect. <laughs> no, sure. we've had some hard times. Yeah. Go for and it, And I Martha. think every deep friendship does. Um, I'm just going to let you guys into a moment that was really difficult um, and how Allison and I coped with that. Um, when my husband and I left the ministry where her husband and I had all worked together for several years, you know, at that moment, our lives had been entwined in the everyday practical, in the plannings and workings of a ministry, and the intentional steps that Allison and I, and I had taken to have a friendship outside of that. Um, when we did leave the ministry, it was good and necessary, and it opened doors for us in what we had only been dreaming about. And at that moment, our two husbands were the ones that had the most conflict and because of everyone's position in ministry we were the ones that had to step away 
Leaving ministry when you don't plan on it is like ripping apart your heart. It is. And um, I think anybody in ministry can understand that, and most everyone will experience it. And it's because it's not a 9-to-5 job, and you don't just barely know the people that you're working with. You become really entwined. Mm -hmm. So anyway, at that moment that was so difficult, Allison and I packed it together that we wouldn't allow our friendship to be torn apart by all that was happening around us. Um, at that particular moment in time, uh, the kids were already all in school, and so we were going to breakfast once a week after dropping the kids off. And um, we knew the, the waiter and, and, you know, we had been going there for years. So for roughly a year after leaving the ministry, we continued to get together once a week. And all of a sudden, there were forbidden subjects of conversation where there had never been anything like that before. We couldn't talk about our husbands. We couldn't talk about what's happening in each other's ministries. And so we talk about it now as the year that we talked about the weather. Mm -hmm. And every single week we cried. Um, I think the waiter at the restaurant um, was very perplexed by us. And always we could see, um, like when he was coming to check on us and make sure we were fine, if we were in the midst of tears Crying. streaming down our <laughs> face, um, he would give us a wide berth and walk the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, our year of talking about the weather and crying um, did last a full year. And I think we turned a corner when I was in Idaho visiting my sister and her family for Christmas. Um, something that I always love to do um, is in every trip that we go, whether it be internationally or just you know, any, any little thing, um, I like to get a little keepsake for Allison. Um, sometimes I get her a little homemade bath soap or a candle or a trinket with the place of the name on the name of the place on it. <coughs> And so in Idaho, my sister and I went out window shopping. And as usual, I began looking for a little something to give my alley. And right in the middle of the store, I got angry. I put down the item I was looking at and I stormed over to my sister. I started crying and ranting. I basically had a meltdown mm. emotionally. I just couldn't take it and I told my sister that I was done why was I continuing to try so hard in a friendship when it hurt so much when all we did was talk about superficial things and cry together and I decided at the moment I was ready to walk away and that it would be so much easier to just turn the page and pretend that everything that we had 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 been temporary so my sister looked at me and said some really wise words. She said, the only reason you're so angry right now and hurting so much is because your friendship matters that deep. Mm -hmm. If it didn't matter, you wouldn't hurt. 
Are you sure you want to give that up? And so in that moment, it just like jolted me into the commitment that Allison and I had made to get through this hard time. And so I dried my tears and really intentionally walked back into our friendship with a whole new resolve. And um, I decided to love. I decided to forgive both of our husbands and to begin embracing the new things that we had to talk about. And so something just happened when I got back from Idaho. I just, I don't think we cried as much. Just something changed. Yeah. When, when you came back, you told me that story. And um, in that year where we were only talking about weather, we were also talking about movies. I remember that was one of our <laughs> safe places to talk during that year. Um, I remember I just cried all the time. I cried all the time. I didn't just cry when I was with Martha. I just cried all the time. It was a great, huge loss. We were, we had a huge loss. I mean, we they lost the ministry. We lost them in the ministry. And um, we lost a whole lot of friendship just all at once and a whole lot of contact all at once. And when we were together, like she said, we had to be more, there were, there were you know, forbidden topics. So we had to be more superficial and it took a toll and I remember it taking a toll on me in different moments than it took a toll on Martha and I remember one time maybe it was the day you came back from Idaho and you told me that but at one point I just remember looking at her and just crying and crying and crying and saying I there's just no one else like you I just don't want to lose our friendship and so we both, I feel like at that time, we, the pact that we had made earlier, um, we remade like mm-hmm. a year into it. But it was a year. I mean, it was a pretty good year of going to painful breakfasts together, you know. Um, and we would try and say, I love you. We would say, I love you. And we would say, I know you love me. But it it didn't feel the same. It wasn't the same feeling. But we did, you know, at the end of that year, we recognized that we were. it was worth keeping, worth fighting for. Um, I think you should go ahead and add some endings to that story because there were some really beautiful things that came later. Just, um, I feel like our husbands became, you know, friends again. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. When, when Brent, um, was diagnosed with cancer, um, Pablo and I began to pray for him and pray for the Searway family. And I remember it was really important to me that we show our support in a really um, physical way. And so the first couple of times um, that we saw each other all four of us together 
One was in a hospital in um, Playas de Tijuana, and then the next time was in San Francisco when he was going to have his surgery, his big surgery. And um, both times Pablo and I went um, to visit, and it was it was hard and awkward and beautiful. And I remember we took pictures together. And when we were in San Francisco, Allison and I left the boys. <laughs> we left them alone. We hadn't seen each other for quite a while. And so her and I went out and had tea and left the boys, which I'm sure was awkward for them. Um, and Pablo has never shared about those moments. But I think Brent and Pablo in the end loved each other mm -hmm. so deeply so so very deeply and i think they knew i i my takeaway from all of it is they were kind of like paul and john mark who loved jesus and loved sharing about jesus and had a passion for evangelism and just kind of saw things differently and did things differently and mm -hmm. they just really couldn't serve Jesus together. And so when God allowed healing to happen between the two men, um, it just for me is the most beautiful beautiful thing that could have happened out of all of it and I think that that would probably never had happened had Allison and I not been committed to retaining our friendship no matter what the cost because I don't think the men would have ever ever faced those differences in themselves and learned how to love each other beyond those differences so yeah I think you're right. But it was beautiful in the end that God brought it all around and brought healing. Mm -hmm. It was it was really precious to Martha and I to see that come around full circle. I'm sure to you and Pablo to see it come around full yes. circle. Yes. I know to me and Brent it was it was so important to Brent. It was so so important to Brent. And um Another hard time in a different way was when Brent was dying um, and Martha and Pablo, like they, she's already said, made, uh, so many people made such an effort, but Martha was one that came at the very end, came very often, like almost every day to our home to just hug on us and say that she was with us. She didn't stay very long anytime but she just was there and knowing how busy they are I knew that was such a gift so yeah we've been through some difficult times together but um and I think she gives me too much credit in all of it I really think that Martha and Pablo are really forgiving and generous people and I don't think that any part of my upbringing or my um, my former life in ministry had anything to do with making it through those tough times. I think what made us get through those tough times was Martha's and Lynn later Pablo's 
willingness to stick with it. And I really, really value it. So value it. Gosh, what a sweet look at the harder times in your friendship and um, just seeing how the two of you decided that your friendship was worth fighting for and and it's really sweet to see all of the beautiful things that God did in that so thank you for sharing that with us Um, so what do you think I mean none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow but what do you think the future holds for your friendship what is it what do you think your friendship looks like years from now (laughs) well I'm committed unto death <laughs> to my <laughs> too. whatever that might be, and wherever that might be. Well, I'm okay with driving off a canyon, <laughs> off into a canyon, so we don't. One of us doesn't have to be without the other. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, we've talked about, we've joked and talked about taking care of each other in our old age or living together. Um, you know, our friendship is long and deep, and so I am you know committed and we we have we keep giving each other (laughs) cards of old Old women (laughs) (laughs) of two old women doing funny things together so I think I think it's looming in our mind that we will be we will be those girls yeah yeah so I just think it'll keep on going yeah and the cool thing is loving Jesus is you know one of us or the other of us will cross that threshold and we'll still get to keep going on and on and on there you go (laughs) all right so my last question for you I'm throwing this one in there um as two women who have raised you've been in the place of of younger women who are raising their kids and their kids are small I know I hear a lot from from women who are in the phase of having young kids and they're either home with their kids or they're working and then they're home in the evenings with their kids. And it's just really hard. It's really hard to feel like you can have good, strong friendships during that phase in life. And and I've heard a lot of women talk about how it just feels it's a lonely phase mm-hmm. of life. Um, and so my last question for you is what would you say to our friends whether they're men or women who are going through the phase right now of having young kids and where it's they're so time consuming and it's just really hard to make that time to leave and to be with your friends um what what would you say to a woman in that phase of life I think that I would say that you have to be intentional and you have to get really creative um and obviously, friendship doesn't come, it doesn't just fall into your lap. Although, you know, when it clicks, it clicks. You know, when I, I had many, many friends before Allison, and they were fun and wonderful, and are fun and wonderful people, and I love them, and I love being around them. But something special happened. I think it's a God thing. Um, and so we can't force it. I remember um, there's been a couple times in life when I've asked people, you know, it feels kind of juvenile, but as a young mother, I, I remember two different times I asked women, will you be my friend? And both times 
I was told, well, it certainly doesn't come naturally, so let's just kind of see what happens. And I remember, like a high schooler, I felt like, oh, okay, well, never mind, you know. And so I really do think that God will bring the person. But when you think there's a person in your life like that, then be intentional and be really honest um, and trusting with your life and be a person of integrity, but you do have to be intentional. So I think, yeah, definitely intentional. And, you know, like I've said before, that was Martha's gift. But um, also, I remember when we first came down and Martha and Pablo and together would invite our family to go do things or Martha would invite me to go do things and they never ever ever had to be perfect I just remember all of us you know spilling out of cars with all of our chaos and all of our toys and spit up and you know whatever and laughing 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 about all the ridiculous ridiculousness of our lives and I think that was another thing that made it just easy for it to happen was there was no there was no even trying for perfection. I don't think right. there was no. any really even mm-hmm. trying for perfection. We just we just from the get go knew we couldn't achieve it and so we were just fine and happy and funny about imperfections. Mm-hmm. And I think um so I would th- I would say that was one thing. And one other thing I would say is if if you have someone that you like and you're interested in picking up a friendship with them, at some point you have to start being a little bit more vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. And I think vulnerability goes in stages. So you're a little bit vulnerable and you see what they do with that information. Mm-hmm. And then if they if they're trustworthy with it, then you go a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper. But if you're not ever willing to go deep, it probably won't, you know, it probably won't be a real deep friendship. It just probably won't. So um, that's a scary thing, I think. It is scary. I think that's scary, but um, I think that's a a way to do it. And as far as logistics goes, definitely don't worry about um, nutrition one day of a week (laughs) and take your children to McDonald's and feed them French fries and let them play and just sit there and visit, you know, logistically, you know, we were really we were stay-at-home moms and we were really intently involved in our children's lives but that one or two hours a week it it, they pretty much had to be bleeding before we (laughs) before we did much about anything right (laughs) yeah so um yeah that's what would be my advice and um I would just like to say I wish all of you a Martha friend. I just mm. I wish it for everyone. I wish every woman had a friend that she could rely on like that. Mm. And Likewise. Um, God bless you all. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your friendship and thank you, Martha, for thank you. being here with us. It was fun to have you. And yeah, isn't their friendship just the sweetest? (laughs) So I'm going to say love crosses cultures and God gives you friends in your culture or other cultures. And it's just sweet.
Amen. <laughs> and all right, we will talk to you next time. If you like what you listen to, please subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at Two American Peas in a Mexican Pod. Look for a new podcast to release every other Monday. And remember, love crosses cultures.